What is up, beautiful people, and welcome to the Own Your Ship podcast with your ownership coach, Danielle Gertner, where we will explore how to turn off autopilot and turn on a fuck yes life. You heard that right. If you are someone who finds themselves a little too caught up in the humanness of it all and ready to learn how to take your power back and experience radical fucking confidence, you, my friend, are in the right place. We will get real and raw, sassy, and always classy, and journey together down the path of self-mastery and habit and mindset transformation. The Own Your Ship podcast is your corner of the universe to celebrate all that you are, so get ready to break free. Just a quick reminder, if you are not already subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and do that. Make those money moves so that you never miss an episode. And of course, if you like what you hear, seriously, one of the biggest gifts of appreciation you could ever give me is a rating, review, and a share. So please make sure you do that after you listen to this episode. And lastly, if you want even more ownership, make sure you are subscribed to my email list. You can get on that at daniellegertner.com and I will slide ever so slyly into your inbox and drop some fresh doses of owning yo shit. Now let's get to what you are really here for today. It is time to own your shit. Let's do this. What's going on, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Own Your Shit podcast. And I will be real real with you as I always am. It has been really difficult to sit down and want to report episodes. And that's exactly why we're going to talk about it today. Healing from heartbreak. How do you transition out of, um, could be a relationship in this case for me, it is, um, but it could be a heartbreak from many things, a transition out of a friendship, a transition in career, a transition, a lot of things, our hearts seem to break for many reasons. And this is not, um, specific to necessarily getting out of a relationship, but I am really happy to be back. I am recording this, the first episode behind my new desk in my new home, feeling real fucking fancy and excited that I'm climbing out of and coming on the other side of um, a fresh heartbreak. Yes. Out of a relationship, but also heartbreak, I think in a lot of ways from uh, just leaving Costa Rica and the version of myself there and grieving who I thought I was going to be coming back from that. So healing the heart in a lot of ways uh, and honoring every single one of them. And so if your heart is hurting, grieving, breaking in some way, listen up. I think I've got some tools for you. So let me give you a little bit of context without giving you too much context, you know, because you're don't want to put the homie on the spot, but I was in a relationship here in Austin, um, about six months, um, with a really awesome human, really awesome guy. And it didn't work out. And, you know, as things sometimes go, right. They sometimes shit happens. It's not what I expected to happen. Naturally. That usually is also the case is we have all of these ideas and, stories and we don't realize we're living in those ideas and stories until it's too late and the relationship is over. And so, um, yeah, I've been, I've been really moving through that the last couple of weeks. And, you know, it was initially my decision to transition the relationship and, um, I was feeling good and feeling really grounded. And then I started to feel not so grounded in my decision. 
And this is another really beautiful part of just the dance we do as humans and especially this feminine essence, right? I've been thinking a lot about my femininity here because nothing like a strong feminine power to be like super set on something in one moment. And then literally moments later could be a totally different current or tide. And this is the beauty and the uh, elaborativeness and the complexity and the depth of femininity, the divine feminine is like the wild motherfucking ocean. And I, man, have I felt um, really like wounded, my wounded feminine has been very present the last couple months, couple, yeah, I'd say it's been uh, February, March. Yeah. About two months since I came back from Costa Rica. And again, now that I'm climbing out the other side, it's like, I found my fucking 2020 contacts finally that were hiding under the couch with fucking cat fur all over them. And now that I found them and I've cleaned them off and I've put them in my eyes, I'm, I'm able to look back at this season with a little bit more clarity. And I'm not out of the heartbreak. Uh, um, I'm definitely still feeling the feels, but I am in a much different place than I was before. So anyway, this, this is a, this is what I've been living in. You know, I, I felt really grounded in, in what I was experiencing and then, um, new information came a new day came shit, a fucking summer shower, sun shower came and my mood flips completely. And so, um, I've been feeling a lot of the grief and sadness around not only the relationship, but who I showed up as in the relationship, um, just really over the last couple of weeks. And it took me by surprise because I ended the relationship. And maybe you've been here before where you've been the one who's made the decision to transition out of the relationship. And then the, I miss you feelings, grief feelings show up a little bit later. And it's not weird. It doesn't mean that I blocked them out. I just didn't feel them at first and I'm feeling them now. And so first lesson of healing from heartbreak is it doesn't always have to directly be your heart that got broken. And I'm not saying that my partner's heart got broken. I'll let him tell his story if he feels like it, but, um, it doesn't have to be the, the classic somebody broke up with me or ended something with me. And so my heart is broken. I'm the one who did the, like I said, the transitioning, but here I am hard on my sleeve and it's fucking hurting. And it's hurting too, because, um, I did try to make amends. We'll leave leave it at that. I tried to make amends and this person is not interested or open to it. (coughs) Excuse me. And that's hard too. Um, a lot of rejection, uh, the abandonment wound has presented itself upon this person saying, Hey, listen, love you a lot, but here's where I am now since that transition. And my heart isn't open to this anymore. And ugh, ow, inner child, just like rearing her ugly head of like, well, fuck you motherfucker. No, I'm just kidding. But actually fuck you motherfucker. <laughs> um, so there's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on here. And so Maybe you relate again, whether you're transitioning out of a relationship or out of a job and your heart is hurting or out of a phase of your life and your heart is hurting um, to first and foremost, let go of any expectations of what it needs to look like or feel like, because that's the first thing. If you want to heal from heartbreak, let yourself actually heal instead of showing up the way you think you should be showing up, doing the things you think you should be doing 
wake up every morning and ask yourself, what is it that you need right now? That's shit. We're, we're starting there. That's number one. There is no rule book. There is no guide. And if you thought you were going to come here today with like, oh, she's going to give me the five-step process to heal my heart. I'm going to give you some tools, but everybody looks different. The best thing you can do for yourself, the best thing that I have done for myself the last couple of weeks, and it took me a couple of weeks to get there here because man, I was sitting in my shit a couple of weeks ago, especially last week when I was really sick. I was sitting in it, y'all. Poor me. My life sucks. I make horrible decisions. Um, And this is very natural. The shame cycle starts to pop up when we make any decision. So let's say, for example, you are the one who ended the relationship or you are the one that decided to leave the job or end the friendship. Um, And now you're feeling some shame and guilt and doubt around it. This is really natural when we make a big decision, any big decision, not just a relationship. I moved into the house. That's the other thing my heart is healing from. I moved into this big ass house. And my inner critic and self-doubt, fear, uh, little version of me has been popping the fuck off. Like she just rose from hibernation. Bitch has been crazy. What did you do? You made a mistake. The shame cycle. And again, one of the best things we can do for ourselves is allow it to happen. I don't try to quiet my shame. It's unfucking comfortable. I know. I don't try to quiet my self doubts and my insecurities and my fears. That's one of the worst things we can do because they come back louder, right? What's the saying? What resists persists. What we resist persists. And so I allow it. Somebody said something to me once that really stuck with me that sometimes our fear of the feeling is scarier than feeling the feeling itself. Think about that for a moment. Sometimes our very fear of the feeling, isolation, loneliness, uh, abandonment, is stronger than the feeling itself. And we spend all this time painting this big picture of something that's really just a shadow that has been enlarged because we've shined so much light on it or around it, I should say, right? What happens when you shine light sometimes around a shadow, the shadow gets bigger, but then when you get closer to it, it's a great fucking metaphor. Don't steal this. (laughs) But sometimes when we get closer to the big shadow and we kind of adjust the lighting, it ends up being like a teeny tiny little fucking action figure. And we're like, Oh, this ain't shit. But like it was illuminated so big on the wall. And so this often happens when we're scared of something. We build this image of this fear that's way bigger than what the thing actually is. And so if we allow ourselves to feel it, to sit in it, which again, isn't easy. It's not easy to sit in my sadness and my loneliness and my fear of abandonment right now. But as I've sat in it through this heartbreak, it's made it a lot less scary. It's no longer this thing that's creeping on the other side of my closet door I can see its shadow, but I refuse to open the door. I mean, that's more terrible than just fucking opening the door and just getting attacked by it, get it over with, right? And so again, going back to the first thing, if you're going to heal anything, any heartbreak, 
is to allow yourself to feel the very thing that you're most afraid of. Sit in it, do it, cry, scream. I've cried a lot these last couple of weeks. I have cried out in despair. I've tried to cry this person home back to me. I've cried to the universe of why is this happening? I've sat in the despair of it. And it is uncomfortable, but once you do it, you've done it. Once you do it, you've done it. You felt it. It's not as scary anymore because guess what? You survive it. And so if you're going to heal it, you got to go through it. Allow yourself, honor all parts of yourself and let go of any expectations of what this should look like and feel like. Because anybody who tells you that there is a process, there's a little bit of a process, but if anybody tells you that there is a way that you should feel and a way that you should approach this, tell them to fuck off because they're wrong. You, my friend, have to find those tools for yourself. You, my friend, have to figure out what is going to work for you in the moment. And as I mentioned earlier, I wake up in the morning and I ask myself, what is it that you need right now? Because there have been days these last couple of weeks where I have woken up and physically could not get out of bed, physically felt my heart aching, heaviness, anxiety thinking about my day, paralyzed by what I need to do that day or by what I don't need to do that day. And the worst thing we can do is try to force ourselves through that, put our big girl panties on and get over it. There's a time and place for that. And I'm here now, but not allowing yourself to fully feel what you need to feel is an absolute detriment to your health, your well-being, and your safety and your healing process. If you stuff that shit down, bitch, it's going to come back up. Don't stuff it. Eat it one bite at a time. Taste it all. It's nasty, but it passes. And when you give yourself the freedom to really feel it, that's when it can move through you. Or, and I posted this on Instagram earlier today, It's either going to pass through you or it's going to show you the shit that you need to sit with more of. Again, it's not comfortable. It's not pretty. But it works. So that's number one. That was a long number one, but (laughs) that was number one. Allowing yourself to feel it and letting go of any expectations of what it should look like. And really, I talk about compassion all the time. Compassion for yourself and the parts of you that are really hurt. And this moves into this other point that I wrote down that I wanted to talk about today. There's an activity that I do in all of my programs called who's sitting at the dinner table. It is hands down one of the most powerful activities that I do. And it was introduced to me by a friend, Bryn Daler, um, who's at one of the guest coaches in my program. She's a sex and relationship coach. And we had done a session shit back when we were both in Gainesville, Florida together Um, and she introduced this idea of the dinner table, right? And it's a way to look at, it's a way to do parts work. It's a way to view your personality as different parts. So you have the inner child, you have the inner critic, you have the ego, you have the heart and you have the shadow. Those are my five seats at the table. And it's incredibly powerful and it's, it presents itself in literally every moment of my life every day. 
Um, so I'm going to give you a brief version of this and why this is so important when we're healing from heartbreak, because the reality is when we get in a relationship and now specifically I'm talking about relationships, when we're in a relationship, we are exposing the most vulnerable parts of ourselves. Why? Because we first learn about love when we are children, we fall in love with our parents, whether they treated you like shit or not, whether they were alcoholics or not, it we love them. We fall in love with them. They are love and the embodiment of love to us. And when we open ourselves to somebody else in that way, we, we might not think of it. as like me opening my love to a partner, the same as me opening myself to love with my parents, but it is because I'm opening one of the most sacred doors. I have the capacity to open I am opening one of the most sacred doors I have the capacity to open. And that is the door to my heart. And it sounds really corny, but it's true. And so when I'm in a relationship, there is a reason why our most wounded triggers present themselves, our deepest unmet needs. There is a reason that presents itself because when I open that door to love, I open the door to everything that made me shut that door a long time ago. When I open myself to love, I am also opening myself to everything that made me shut that door. Everything that made me not believe in love or distrust love or close myself off to that love. And so where this who's sitting at the dinner table comes in is being very keen and aware of who is presenting themselves and when. And this is both when you're in the relationship, sure as shit, when you're in the relationship, this is an important tool to practice. Um, When your partner pokes at something that is very sensitive and soft um, and achy and, and asking, okay, which part of myself just got poked at? And a lot of times it is the inner child and it's masked by the ego. Um, But and in heartbreak, right? So thinking about your the aftermath, you just opened yourself to love. And again, whether you close the relationship or transitions the relationship or whether they broke up with you or cheated on you or whatever it is, that just that just poked literal holes in that door. And you could be trying to keep that. I think of the scene that's popping in my head is in Harry Potter, the three-headed dog. Uh, Hermione, Ron, and Harry are trying to close the door and the dog keeps poking. I mean, it's a three-headed fucking dog and it's poking its head through and they're fighting to to keep the dog back. Dogs? I guess dogs because it's three heads, but it had one body. So I'll let you be the judge. But this is what it's like. We're trying to shut the door now, right? My heart just got broken. I'm trying to shut that door, but it's open, right? Those wounds are, are rearing their ugly heads. And so a really amazing thing I can do a tool, something I can ask myself is which version of me is really in need right now? Which part of me is really hurting and really screaming for love and attention? And for me, and and oftentimes it's the inner child, it's little Danielle who made a mistake, feels like she made a mistake went back to try to fix that mistake and own up for the mistake. And buddy's like, nah, sorry, train has left the station. And I'm kicking and screaming and stomping my feet and 
grabbing his leg as he drags me behind him. Like, please don't go, please don't do this. And I have to be able to see her and not only see little Danielle, but honor that that's who's showing up right now. I have no shame y'all. I have no shame in saying, yeah, I tried to get him back. I tried to fight for it. I apologize and promised things and um, felt a lot of very old fear. I didn't realize was still around and, and within me. And this is what we'll go to in a moment. Another important part of healing from heartbreak is seeing what you learned and what the, you know, silver lining is, I guess, between the tears. Um, but feeling all of that and, and owning all of that, I watched my inner child drive without her permit motherfucker. And I just sat there. I was like the adult that just like turned the blind eye. I knew what was happening. I have the awareness in myself to know who's at play, but I don't always have the courage or the discipline or the strength to stop it. And this is, this is okay for me. I'm okay with this. I don't, I have learned to have a lot of grace and space and compassion for this level of awareness and this decision of inaction. And it happened this during this transition. I saw my inner child. She needed to do her fucking thing, man. And boy, did she kick and scream and cried and wrote letters and panicked. There was a lot of panic ending this relationship um, and seeing her and loving her. And so another beautiful opportunity as this is with the transition, with a heartbreak is getting to really honor different versions of me. And so I could ask myself, little D, what do you need? What is it that I can give you? What are you feel? What need do you feel is not being met? What are you afraid of? And so in this example for me, right, I shared fear of abandonment. I want love. I want forgiveness. I want forgiveness. I didn't show up as my best self in the transition out of the relationship. I was kind of an asshole. I was, and it's okay. I love her. I do. I love you, asshole version of Gert. Um, so sorry, lost my train of thought for a second, but fear of abandonment, um, wanting to, wanting that forgiveness, um, not wanting to have bad blood, um, and, and that not, you know, that not being the case. And so what she needed, well, one, she needed to cry a lot and we did, and that's a really hard thing for me to do, um, to allow myself to cry and scream and be like, like throw a tantrum. It is really, really hard. Um, because I used to really disown that version of me that was like so helpless and, um, literally screamed and cried and and like, couldn't breathe demanding something from somebody else and not being given it. Um, I used to be very disgusted with that part of me, like, mean. I've done a lot of work on not having this like little soft bitch mentality and to let her kick and scream and cry and throw a temper tantrum. And so I did that a lot. I punched pillows. I screamed. I curled 
curled into a ball on my floor. I yelled this person's name. Um, I cursed at them. I cursed at me. I let it out. Like I let her throw her temper tantrum. And it was the greatest gift I could have given her because think about a child. I've said this before on a podcast. Think about a child when they're having, when they're upset. Sometimes you need to let them throw the temper tantrum. It doesn't work to try to quiet them down and shut them up. It doesn't work. You let them throw the temper tantrum. You let them express their emotions freely and fully, even if everybody at the fucking grocery store looks at you. This is your child processing emotions. Let them do it. And then they'll stop. Eventually, they'll stop. They don't stop when you scream at them. You better stop fucking acting like that. You're embarrassing me. Think about a parent who does that. Did you have a parent who did that to you? I did. You're embarrassing me. Grow up. Stop. Handle yourself. What are we telling our children? That the fear that you're feeling, which is very scary, right? Fear of abandonment, that shit's scary. I'm scared to be abandoned. I'm scared to be alone. Don't tell me to hide that. Don't tell your child to hide that. Let them feel that fear. It's okay. And then you can step in and console them. And so, yeah, me and Lil D had lots of snot booger fights and like just moments of boogering everywhere and just letting it out. And you want to know what happened afterwards? It was out. I felt lighter. I was exhausted, but I felt lighter. And so another great tool, healing from heartbreak, honor all parts of yourself. Who is sitting at the dinner table? Who needs the microphone, if you will, for a moment? Who needs the opportunity to speak? And can you really, without judgment, with unconditional love, can you give them the floor? And I've been practicing this for a very long time. Can you give them the floor? And if it's the ego, right? There have been moments where I'm like, well, fuck you then, man. Here's all the things you're going to be missing. Boom, boom, boom. That list was long as fuck. (laughs) My ego popped off. And I know it's ego. It made me feel good in the moment. Let me, let me write down all the things this motherfucker gonna miss out on. You want to give me a second chance? Fine, bitch. It's okay. Let her out. I let her out. The inner critic. You fucked up. This is what you deserve. You're not emotionally mature enough. You don't own your shit enough. All the things, all of my deepest, darkest fears. Here comes the inner critic. So I let her talk. Let her have the floor. Okay, I hear you. The question always comes back to who really is in charge? They are all parts of me. They're all parts of you. They all deserve a seat at the table. They all deserve to be heard from. But who runs the family? You, motherfucker. You do. Your heart does. Your highest self does. Not always in the moment. I don't walk around and pretend like my inner child or another version of me got the best of me that day. It happens. But who runs the family? You do. And when you're ready, 
when they're ready, that version of you will step back into the seat. It will calm the table down. It will bring the attention back. It will guide everyone to take a deep breath and you will come back to yourself. Hmm. We're going to talk about one more thing. One more thing when we come, when it comes to healing from heartbreak. And this is rewriting the story. This is a perspective shift. This is keeping the curiosity glasses on now that I have felt what I needed to feel, right? Because this shit doesn't happen all the right away. One of my biggest pet peeves is when somebody is like, oh, like rewrite the story or like shift your perspective and like change your perspective. It's like, no shit, bitch. Don't you think I want to do that? I can't right now. This is me honoring my humanness. Please don't rush that. You will get to the place of being able to rewrite the story and having the 2020 vision. I just told you, I had to find my fucking contacts under the couch. That took weeks. And I am a better woman because I allowed myself to go through what I needed to go through these last couple of weeks. This is a way better fucking podcast now that I've allowed myself to go through what I needed to go through the last couple of weeks. And when you get here, when you're ready to take the pen out, you can rewrite the story and shift your perspective. And the shift that firstly needs to occur is things did not end, they transitioned. Things don't come to an end, they transition. This makes me think about the TEDx UF um, uh, conference I hosted a couple weekends ago in Florida. Uh, the theme was solstice, and the idea behind solstice is when one, where one idea ends, another begins. And this idea that there really are no endings, just transitions, and it's so amazing to me. I really couldn't connect. <laughs> excuse me, still coming off that, that flu, um, smoking has not helped always, but anyway, um, I really struggled to connect with this theme when they first, uh, shared it with us. Um, and it's so amazing to me over time as I've really allowed the theme to sit, I'm like, oh my God, this makes so much fucking sense. Look at all the solstices in my life that have happened, especially this year. And so this is the, 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 the cake on top, right? So we started off talking about when you're healing from heartbreak, um, letting go of expectations of what it needs to look like and feel like allowing all versions of yourself to show up and be present, um, is the most important thing. It's like, this is what it is. And I'm going to ride out whatever comes up and I'm going to allow whatever comes up. And then the second piece of the healing from the heartbreak was, really honoring all parts of yourself, who's sitting at the dinner table, what needs need to be met, asking yourself the question, what do I need right now? And which part of me needs it? And now here we are finally ready. Once we did all that to rewrite the story and to take those curiosity goggles on, uh, or take those curiosity glasses out. And we start with the transition. Something didn't end. It transitioned. I didn't end. I transitioned. I'm, I'm evolving. That's what's happening. And that has given me a nice breath of, of fresh air um, because I know often for my, oftentimes for myself, 
I can get into these loops of before and after this thing ended. And now here I am. And it's, it's a constant evolution. I wasn't one version of me the whole time I was in the relationship. And then all of a sudden I became a new version of me after the relationship. I was evolving into this version of me the entire fucking time, the entire fucking time with every conversation and every day that passed, I was continuously evolving. My life was continuously evolving. And this just happens to be where I am right now. And when I give myself that permission of like, the book didn't end. I don't have to slam it shut and put it on a shelf to collect dust. I can pick the pen back up and keep writing. And I can start by writing, what is it that I learned? Like with every transition and constant evolution, who am I evolving into? What did I learn throughout that process? And understanding that the power has always been in my hands, even when it doesn't feel like it, to write how this can, how this story continues. I said this on a podcast. I was on the Enlifted podcast uh, earlier this, or I guess it's Tuesday. So on Friday last week, and um, I was sharing with them um, just this idea of of rewriting or continuing to write the story and to, to take the pen back and to remember who it is that has the pen. And there's something else that I was going to allude to. And, and now I forgot where my, my train of thought went, but, um, oh, oh, this is what I was going to say. We don't change what happens to us but we can change how we relate to what happens to us. I'm glad I remembered that. We can't change what happened. It happened. It's happening, still happening, but we can change how we relate to it. And if you can take your power back in that way, I mean, you take all your power back. When you choose, this is owning your shit right here. When you choose to hold the pen and own your shit, you write the story. It is not what happened to you. It is what you are navigating. It is not life against you. It's you dancing through life. So what did you learn? What is the story that you would like written as you come out of this? How would you like this to shape you? Because even if they cheated, even if you cheated, even if they were a dick, whatever the case is, you still have the power because you always have the power over you. Even when it doesn't feel like it, sometimes it's the inner child version of you that has the power. Uh, in some moments, sometimes it's the ego. Sometimes it's in the, the inner critic. Sometimes it's the shadow. But it always comes back to the highest self. And as you're healing through that heartbreak, feel what you need to feel, but don't forget for a second that you are the writer and the author of your story and your life. And that doesn't mean, I'm not saying you control everything that happens to you because you don't. I get that. If this person were to break up with me, I can't control that. Or this person in this situation doesn't want to build a relationship with me any further. I can't control that. 
This is not a matter of you can control what happens in your life. Mickey Singer always says it's a happening world. It's always been a happening world. I love when he said that during his talks. It's always been a happening world. And it's not about controlling what happens to you. It's controlling your reaction and your relationship to what is happening to you. And that you do always have control over. And that is a really powerful way to heal from heartbreak. And to remember this, a client reached out to me about this. And I really loved um, her question of just, we were kind of going back and forth or on the dance of I'm sad, but I'm trying to heal. And my question to her was, well, can you be both? Can you be healing and be sad and mad and grieving and frustrated? Can you be growing and happier each day? And the moment you think about the person or the situation, your heart breaks again. Absolutely. Because you have the pen. You have the choice and the power to be all the things and none of the things at the same fucking time. That's the magic of owning your shit. All of the societal constructs and ideas. And here's my five-step process of how you heal your heartbreak. You can call bullshit on it all if it is not what serves you. Mm. That's your power. That's your birthright. That's what we're talking about here. It always comes back to this on every topic we talk about in the Own Your Shit podcast, just in different situations. This one happens to be about healing your heartbreak. And think about what we talked about here. The first thing I said was awareness around the expectations you have and allowing yourself to exist as you are in the moment. That's compassionate self-observation. That's phase one of the own your shit method. We've talked about that many times on the podcast. I'm observing who I am and where I am from the lens of compassion. The second thing I talked about was honoring all parts of you who's sitting at the dinner table. That sounds a lot like phase two of the own your shit method, which is confident ownership. Where do I have the power and the ability to take radical responsibility over my life? That was the second thing we talked about. And then here I am. Sorry if it sounds like I have a little bit of frog in my throat. I didn't clear it all all the way. Um, And then the last thing I'm talking about here is rewriting the story. That sounds a lot like phase three, radical embodiment. I love, I am obsessed with the ownership method. Because look how it presents itself. I swear to God, I didn't write this episode with like compassion, self-observation, confident ownership, radical embodiment, but it ended up working out that way anyway, because that literally is the process that you need to take yourself through, that you can take yourself through in every area of your life. This shit works. Guys, I created a proven method. That's pretty fucking dope. You need to compassionately observe yourself, confidently own what is within your power to own and radically embody the version of you, you know, you want to show up as, and it doesn't always happen. One, two, three, boom, 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 check, check, check. It happens on its own time in its own weird twisty way. And our only job is to sit back and enjoy the fucking ride. So here we are healing from heartbreak together. 
it's a hard place to be. What is the saying? But I would have rather loved and lost than never loved at all. How lucky are we to feel this deeply? How lucky are we to have the opportunity to see parts of ourselves that still are at play? I learned so much from this relationship. How afraid I am of commitment of being in a partnership, of losing my I-E-N-I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T status. It's how I spell independent, seriously, when I write it down on a piece of paper. I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know what that means? That's literally, that's how I do it. It's like when you spell banana, you're thinking of B-A-N-A-N-A. Yes, this shit is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Don't lie. I know that's what you do. It's okay. I'm there with you. Um, so here we are, y'all, moving through it and enjoying every second of the ride. And the way that you turn off autopilot is by not numbing and all the time. And I'm I'm be the first to say I've smoked so much weed recently, which is my numbing mechanism. Um, I've been aware of the numb. And I do think that there's a time and place for the numb. I think it's sometimes it's a survival mechanism for sure. And it's necessary to give yourself some space between what happened and your processing of it. Um, I don't think it's, I think it gets dangerous when it happens all the time and you don't actually allow yourself to feel what you need to feel, but a little numbing, I feel you because getting tattooed, getting, I wouldn't say tattooed. You're not tattooed by these things, but getting stabbed by this shit fucking hurts. It's real hard to turn down the numbing sometimes. So I hope this was helpful. I hope that if your heart is hurting, I love you. I see you. It sucks. It does. What a gift and a joy. And also like to be a human, um, to feel this deeply because that is the human journey. It's not as hard in the spiritual realm because they don't feel these things. I say they, the spirits, the gods, the cosmos. But humaning in this realm, oof, it hurts because we feel it all. We're, we're, we're very vast and complex and intricate. And I hope you feel safe now or safer to feel what you need to feel and to know that you're not alone and that you are supported. Cry, scream, punch a pillow, let the childish fear come out a little bit in a safe place, in a safe way. But it's important. She's scared. He's scared. They're kicking and screaming. And then honor all versions of you. And then rewrite the story when you're ready. Breathe. Hmm. You are not alone. We are not alone. We are in this together. I appreciate you. Like I said, I see you. I love you. I'm sending you love if you're hurting. And I hope you place both hands. You know what? Place place both hands over your heart if you can. And I've been doing this little tap where I just tap my chest just to remember my aliveness, to know that I'm okay, that my heart is still beating. It will continue to beat. (sighs) Here we are. 
Thank you for being here as always. So much love for you. If this landed, give me a little rating and review. And um, if you need support, don't hesitate to reach out. I would love to support you. And I will see you on the next episode. Have a beautiful day. And that is a wrap, y'all. Thank you again, as always, so much for choosing to spend a little bit of your time and energy and heart with me today. Just a quick reminder, if you liked what you heard, do me a huge fucking favor, leave a rating and review, share this with somebody who needs to hear it, and make sure you check out the next episode, which will be out in a couple weeks. I so appreciate your love and support and I will see you next time. Have a great fucking day.